Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. The number is 21, as in 21 unrestricted free agents. It's a large number, and nearly half of those free agents to be are on offense. We'll give our list of must-resigns. But first, how should we all feel about an all-NFC West NFC Championship game? It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 530, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Okay, is it something to be proud of? or our worst fears realized. I'm talking about next week's NFC Championship game, 49ers at Rams, an all-NFC West matchup to decide who advances to the Super Bowl. Got to be honest, MG, I'm not sure how to react to that. Well, to me, it's what if. The old what if, because honestly, I, I would have thought the Buccaneers with Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers would be one of the two teams um, but you got to give both uh, the 49ers and Rams a lot of credit. Uh, we know the 49ers would have been a tough out. Uh, the Rams got hot at the right time. All the moves they made in the offseason are looking like you know they're rolling. Uh, you know, they're rolling dice and it's coming up the uh, the right way. Um, so it's just a what if. But we knew this division is, was going to be difficult, and the fact that they put three teams in the playoffs. Um, and, you know, normally it's been the Seahawks and this kind of ro- rotation. Last year, Seattle was – previous season was 12-4, and four, and they took a step back. But it's just the what if. I mean, yeah, you win the division, um, you host a playoff game, and we know they didn't play well at home. I just – it's just the what if. And clearly, and you go back and, and you know, reflect on that Monday night game, it was just – I mean, I didn't see it coming. Like I said, if they would have lost 31-27, I think it would be more acceptive. But I, I, the whole offseason for me now is what if because those are the two teams, and they were 4-2 and two in the division. 3-1 <laughs> and one against the 49ers and Rams combined. That's, that's the frustrating part because the last two teams left standing in the conference are the two teams, yes, it's great. You're in the best division in all the football, the only division to send three teams into the postseason. And the Cardinals had the best record of any NFC West team inside the division. Four and two, yet we're all watching the 49ers and Rams next Sunday. I tweeted this out, but this should be a learning, uh, learning uh, curve for the Cardinals. Just, just how the Niners went about their season. Um, you know, it was Jimmy Garoppolo, and then when they faced him, it was Trey Lance, and you know they 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 commit to running the football, and you know the development of Debo Samuel and and George Kittle, and he, you know, there was a little bit of lull there before the playoffs is. It's not what you do in September and October. It's what you do in the second half of the season, and a lot of it has to do with health. And we know the Rams were 0-3 in the month of November, and, and they were able to flip that switch. So it's got to be more sustainable, not just the first half of the season. It's got to be the second half. And we can sit here and say you want to be playing your best football um, in December, which makes sense, but it, it, you don't have to go 4 0. You just have to be playing your best football to where there's complementary football. And hopefully, when we look back at the season and now what we're seeing with the Rams and 49ers, um, this has to change in the future about the second half of the season. I don't know how you figure it out. Um, if teams are going to make adjustments, you have to make adjustments. At one point this season, the 49ers, after beating the Jaguars in Jacksonville on November 21st, 5-5, five and 5-5, five. Five and five. and it was, all right, one more loss, and this team's done. I mean, the 49ers were dead and buried, yet here they are, still alive, still kicking, and playing very, very good football. And as we'll talk a little bit later on this week, when you look at Championship Sunday, they got to be loving this matchup. They've beaten the Rams six straight times, including the last three times at SoFi Stadium. So it's a fascinating what if because the what if is MJ, the Cardinals will be hosting the 49ers on Sunday. Let me repeat that. The Cardinals would be hosting the 49ers on Sunday. Not unlike what happened back in 2008. You get some help and all of a sudden the Cardinals are, hey, 
we got the NFC Championship game at State Farm Stadium. Yeah, it's just it, when you think about it. Um, but I think it goes to show you that, you know, uh, the quarterback play when you get to the postseason is very important. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't great. Um, you know, they, they actually won a game by not scoring an offensive touchdown. Matthew Stafford, on the other hand, he's carrying this football team, and he's not turning the ball over. And they have weapons, and obviously defensively they, they, they cause fits, and you give the Buccaneers credit for coming back in that game. But it's really about the quarterback position. And, yes, uh, Tannehill threw three interceptions. That's probably why they lost. Uh, I looked it up, Craig. Only one team ran the ball 30 times this weekend. That was the 49ers. One team. One team. Now, you got 27 and 29, which are winners. But, yeah, we talk about, you know, you got to run the ball. Well, the fact is games are so close, you just can't chew the clock up. And a lot of these games came down to, to a walk-off. So, like I said, it's it, it, that's mind-boggling to say they could have hosted. Now, now <laughs> the fact, the way they played, it's just hard for me to say, well – a missed opportunity. It's the what if. If this team would have finished much better in the second half of the season. Cardinals covered two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Much more on the divisional round of the playoffs a little bit later on in the show. But let's focus here now, and it's kind of really the first official offseason edition of Cardinals covered two. As we look at the number of free agents that this team has, because that's the only thing that this really is what we can control right now. And when I say we, I mean the Arizona Cardinals because at this moment, before the official start of free agency and before the draft gets underway in late April, the Cardinals can, if they so choose, sign any number of their own free agents. Now, there are 25 total free agents, 21 unrestricted. Sounds like a large number, but a year ago at this time, it was 32 free agents 28 unrestricted free agents. So seven fewer than a year ago, yet at the same time, it just seems because of the number of quote-unquote names that are unrestricted free agents. Key pieces on offense, defense, and yes, Bird Gang on special teams. But the focus here on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 is on the offensive side of the ball. There are 10 unrestricted free agents. There are a couple that are not unrestricted. You're looking at Jonathan Ward and Antoine Wesley, exclusive rights free agents. They'll be back. I mean, it's a free agency, but they really have no choice. Yeah, They'll, they're, they're coming back in 2022. The Cardinals will own their rights for the next couple of years if they decide to give them the exclusive offer. Um, Ward obviously is depth at running back, and you look at his special teams, he's one of the core players there. And Antoine Wesley, um, depending on what they do with that position, He's, he's not making a ton of money. Um, I think he's part of depth there. Whether he's the third, fourth, or fifth receiver, that will remains to be seen. I like that word, depth, both at running back and wide receiver with Jonathan Ward and Antoine Wesley. All right, but we've got ten names here on this free agent list. Give me your top three, top four, if you will. Just run them through, and then we can kind of go individually because I got four that I think are must Resigns, and I don't know what the money is going to be. I don't know the interest on either side, but for me, as I look at this list of 10 names, there are four that I believe need to be back in 2022. All right, fire away. All right, here are my four, and no, actually, in a particular order, and then we can kind of go through each one, but I'll give you my four, and then let me hear yours. Here are my top four James Conner, Zach Ertz, Max Williams, and Colt McCoy. Those are my top four. Now, that's me, pie in the sky. Whether that happens or not, who knows? But those are my top four. What about you? Well, they're, they're similar. You know, when it comes to Connor, I do think the Cardinals would like to retain him. Um, now, is somebody out there going to money whip him? Um, I think he likes being in the system. I think he figures out his role. Is that six or seven million a year? Considering they got him last year for, you know, obviously he was looking for a job and he proved himself. Now somebody can offer him more money. I'm not going on a three or four year deal. It's going to be a short deal. So, and then the question becomes Chase Edmonds. Well, who who do you want? No, if if you're playing general manager, yeah. who do you want? Well, I was trying to explain okay. that. I don't know if you can pay both running backs. True. Chase Edmonds hasn't been able to stay healthy. And his number is a little, was a little bit higher. Now, I don't know what the market out there for him is. So, 
Um, and we know that, you know, the, the fact that the Cardinals did uh, bring in a futures uh, running back in Jalen Samuels, 6 feet, 225 pounds. He's been in the league four years. He's He's been a guy that can, you know, he's got, he's he's not 6'2", but he's 6 feet, 225. So, um, so they have a guy. Now, we need to see what he does and then the draft and, you know, obviously late in the free agency. So, um they got. I. I'm kind of torn on who I want because I. I like Chase's age number, but I like Connor's production. If that makes sense. Um, Zach Ertz, definitely Zach Ertz. Um, I think you can get him back for seven million a year. It's going to have to be a multi-year deal. Uh, he wants to be here now. Again, um, is 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 he giving a discount? Because I. You. You see maybe seven, eight, nine. I'm. I'm thinking seven, eight million. Uh, if you want to be here, then. And then the um, Christian Kirk. Now, what's his value? I like to bring him back. I think he's he showed that he can be a, a number two and a half or three. Um, you know, you got to cut down on the drops. But I just like him in the locker room from a standpoint of he's more than just a one-trick pony. And then Max Williams, um, definitely. I, I think the Cardinals could get him back on a minimum deal, maybe one million with incentives. I don't want to shortchange him, but maybe two five. And clearly, Colt McCoy. Just from a standpoint of he wants to be here, I would think they would do something what they did with Drew Stanton, maybe a two or three year deal where he's making two and a half to three million. So over maybe it's a three year for seven or eight million, but the average per year is about two and a half because um, it's only been one year, and I think he's he's really um, a sponge for Kyler Murray. So anyone else to me are, are not priorities. All right, so our lists are pretty similar. Let's start at the running back position and James Conner and Chase Edmonds because, for me, it's James Conner because of, one, his production, 18 total touchdowns, team-high 1,127 scrimmage yards, a team-high 752 rushing yards, the second-highest total of his career, and his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. What was it, five one-handed grabs? including a couple of those for touchdowns. So now all of a sudden it wasn't just, hey, Chase Edmonds, and I'm going back to training camp, hey, we need that one-two punch, Chase Edmonds, because of his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, James Conner more of a backfield running back run between the tackles. Uh Uh-uh. Those two were very similar as far as their skill sets. But the tipping point for me on James Conner is the toughness that he brought, the attitude, not afraid to get hit. In fact, invited the physical contact from a defender, running between the tackles, lowering the pad level, getting those tough yards on second and short, third and short, goal line. Not that Chase Edmonds can't do it or anyone else on that Cardinals roster, but he's just built a little bit different for me. So, yeah, perfect world. You'd love to have both Connor and Edmonds because of that one-two punch. But if you're going to tell me you can only afford one, and again, I don't know what the market's going to bear for either one of them, but for me, it's James Conner. And the tipping point, again, is just his – he's not flashy. And this air raid system or this offense with all bells and whistles, you hand the ball and he runs straight ahead. And he's going to get you two or three yards, not a lot of big explosive runs, but important runs for this Cardinals offense. No, well said. I, and, and I think when we t- <clears throat> we talk about the Cardinals and, you know, we always uh, focus on the offensive line, defensive line, um, you know, I think you hit it right on the head. I, I love his physicality. And to me, it's contagious when you see him carrying two or three guys and you see when he comes to the sidelines. And, you know, he's, he's, he's built for this offense. Now, you're going to look at his yards per carry and it's not going to stick out. And he, rolls, he doesn't touch the ball 25 times a game. He had a couple opportunities this year from you know obviously seven to 18 uh, rushes and then five or six seven targets but again I I do think you need a compliment back with him but I think he can be the guy and when we get the short yardage and whether Kyler's under center or not I couldn't agree more with you the the physicality he brings to this team um, I think you know when guys see that I better make sure that I'm I'm playing balls to the wall, so to speak, and I think it's contagious. Yes, very infectious as far as – and it's a different James Conner that we see either through Zoom or in press conferences than what happens when the game starts in between the white lines. I mean, he is, he is fired up, mild-mannered, soft-spoken, but the game starts 
and he dials it up to 10, 11 on that meter to where he is ready. He's all football, all business, all the time. So I'm thoroughly impressed. Now you look, and I had to kind of do this because there's that school of thought out there that you never pay running backs. Now I don't know what he's looking for, don't know what he's asking for, but Connor will be 27 in May, just completed his fifth season. And when we talk running backs and contracts, what's the one name that sticks out with the Arizona Cardinals? David Johnson. David Johnson. All right, so let's look back when the Cardinals extended Johnson in 2018. He was then 27, going into his fourth season, and the Cardinals inked him to a three-year, $39 million contract. I'm not saying James Conner, okay, maybe he does deserve that money, but I am not giving him three years, $39 million. Another year? Two years, but he, at the age of 27, talking about James Conner, he's going to be looking to cash in, and I don't know if that's here or somewhere else. Now, what does cash in mean? How many years? How many dollars? That's that's going to be the big debate amongst front offices here with the Cardinals and elsewhere across the league. He's not getting close to that David Johnson money, and David Johnson obviously proved it. I mean, you, when when. Connor was chasing some of these rushing records. David Johnson was right in that conversation, and he was a bell cow. He, he's not getting anything close to that. I'm not giving him a three-year deal. Now that's all it takes is another team to go out there, and when you're 27, you know what's going to happen. They're going to use him in short yardage, and then they'll eventually bring in a younger back, and he'll be, he'll be a one-two punch. So grass isn't always greener. I'm thinking six or seven million a year. I mean, somebody could offer eight million a year. It's not my money. I don't know what the analytics say. Um, those numbers, you're, you're not going to see any running backs. Like Todd Gurley, yeah, you get to Derrick Henry, this Alvin Kamara, Delvin Cook. There's only a few running backs that you would pay to, for that. I mean, and they got they got to lead your team with, you know, 20 to 25. So I have no interest in paying that kind of money. But when you get to 30 years old, all of a sudden – they're ready to replace you. But to me, he was able to stay healthy, yes. I mean, he had some some nagging injuries, and that's why I like this guy even more. I mean, he was probably playing with broken ribs at some point. Yeah, we don't know, but I can tell you he was missing practice and the threshold of pain, and that's probably why we didn't see him get a lot of uh, touches. Just having him on the field is a present. But his present is being a bowling ball and running through people. And I don't think it was 100%, but I want to give him credit because – just to have those two on the field, I thought would give some balance to the offense. But yeah, I mean, to me, I don't, I don't want to say they're a dime a dozen because we had Kenyon Drake. He had one good year for like eight weeks, and the Cardinals put the tag on him, and he wasn't the same player. So I think he fits what they want to do offensively. So uh, to me, he should be a priority. But we'll see. It takes two to tango, and we'll see what kind of markets out there. Because last year, he was not part of that first wave, and then all of a sudden. I think the Cardinals thought, hey, we got to get some depth here and short yardage compared to either Kyler or somebody else where he doesn't want to go under center or they don't prefer him to go under center. And he can't be the guy that's going to, you know, uh, on his quarterback sneaks, you're not going to see Kyler under center. If James Conner does resign, I think one of the first questions outside of, hey, why did you decide to resign is got to be, how banged up were you? In that wild card game against the Rams, how hurt were you? Because he wasn't used a lot. What was his first carry? Not until, what, the second quarter? So there was a reason he wasn't getting a lot of touches. And this is before the game got out of hand. Well, again, though, four consecutive three and outs. Yeah. It's hard to get the momentum. But he could have been a guy, you know, screen pass. I mean, he – if he was in uniform, he should have been able to run. Now, there's medicine for that. Don't know the pain tolerance. And, oh, I think I, I was told that somebody reported he would not take pain medicine. I believe it was on the ESPN yes, broadcast that's that true. he refused. He did. That's right. And that's I just recall that. So it's even worse. You can get a straight jacket or, you know, um, a rib case, uh, rib pads. But when you got a guy like Aaron Donald breathing down your neck and, and the hit he took in the was it Seahawks game? Yes. Oh, man, you could just see him grimacing grimacing coming to the sidelines. People thought it was a hip. I, 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 the fact that he wanted to walk off the field by himself or on his own, man. He, so I just, to me, you don't you don't have 10, you know, if you, you'd like to have 10 or 12 guys like that, now they're probably not going to survive a season the way they play. But, man, I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed with him. 
both of us in agreement that James Conner is a priority. And then again, I think with Chase Edmonds, for me, it becomes, all right, well, what's it going to cost to retain you? Because I'd like to have him as well. But if I, again, if you can only have one of the two, I'm going James Conner. Yes. Now, if you're Chase, A, you have to know that you haven't been able to stay healthy. You're not the bell cow. Do you just take a one-year deal to kind of, you know, compete with Connor again? I, I mean, he's got to cash in. I think, you know, if you in the perfect world, if he was able to play six, 16 or 17 games, the comp was Tyreek Cohen, like three years, 17 and a half, about maybe eight or nine. But then, it, you know, during the, during the beginning of the season, I was hearing that possibly he wanted 10 a year. Well, he's not going to get 10 a year. Edmonds will turn 26 in April. so But he doesn't have a lot of tread on the tires. True. Not a lot of wear and tear. But when he has been given the ball a lot, he hasn't lasted. He's been banged up. He gets hurt, and all of a sudden he's missing time. So, And you wonder with Eno Benjamin if that's the next Chase Edmonds, if the ability of Eno Benjamin to bide his time to wait around, run between the tackles, we saw the physicality running over Drake or Patrick and then catching the ball out of the backfield as well. Maybe it's, all right, Chase, here's what we're offering you. If you want to come back, we'd love to have you. But if it's not this, sorry, we're going to go elsewhere or we're going to go and look, and we've got Jonathan Ward and Eno Benjamin at the ready. Yeah, and to me, if the comp for Eno Benjamin is Chase Edmonds, um, I think Jonathan Ward has a little bit more of, of – James Conner, and then again, we haven't seen the guy play, but Jalen Samuels is is going to get a guy that's going to get every opportunity, and plus, probably on a minimum deal, he's got to make the team. Um, but I'm curious to see, and we're not going to really know anything until we get the training camp. But they do have a body there, and he's six feet two twenty five. Now Conner's six two, so this guy's got a lower torso, but he's a lot bigger than Eno and and, and um, Edmonds. So. It's a flyer, and, and again, there's different ways that they can build that position, but you know, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, how we like to see these tight ends come back and then draft one, so you, that position will be set, and then depending on what you want to choose at running back, you do have depth on the roster right now with Jonathan Ward and Eno Benjamin. Cardinals cover two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. All right, priority free agent number two. I think we're both in agreement that Zach Ertz, even though he'll be 32 in November, and now all of a sudden you're getting to that age level that you get a little leery as far as how many years you want to invest in a veteran tight end. Although I'll say this, I, I haven't looked back, but I would love to know how many times Ertz in his 11 games with the Cardinals actually had his hand on the ground versus split either wide or in the slot because he just seems to me more of a – tied in because of his physical stature, height, and weight, and built, but doesn't seem to be that guy that on rundowns he's going to block a lot. Now, he's capable of doing it. He's had success, but in the mold of a Max Williams, no. But I do think Zach Ertz showed the Arizona Cardinals something. It was an unbelievable mid-season pickup needed when Max Williams went down. 56 catches for 574 yards, three touchdowns, MJ, in just 11 games, he was targeted 81 times. Third most behind Christian Kirk and A.J. Green, and doing so in five and six fewer games than Kirk and Green. Yeah, ever since Hop was out, he was getting 10.5 targets a game, and and he was open. And, and and if I go back to that Monday night game, I know they, you know, four consecutive three and outs, but I thought I would have targeted him 12 to 15 times just based on, on their safeties. Obviously, Kyler wasn't accurate that game and didn't have a lot of time to throw or was holding on to the ball too long. Now, to me, he's, he's perfect for Kingsbury's offense. That's why it's important to bring Max Williams back, the meat and potatoes, where, to me, 11 personnel with Max Williams. But, you know, Zach Ertz, is, he, he's a high-effort guy, but he's not really a great blocker. I mean, he's it's just not his forte, and that's okay. I mean, yes, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey and, and Gronkowski, they're, they're bigger so they can do both, but – He's really affect them on matchups, and you know I, I love what he said um, before the uh, Rams uh, Monday night game was, you know there, there's routes that I run in the first first quarter, and then they're different in the fourth quarter, and that to me is smart because you're setting up yourself for later in the game, and Kyler trusts him, so 
I, I, he's a priority to me. Sounds like he wants to be here. We all know at the end of the day, it, it takes two to ta- uh, tangle or, you know, somebody else could money with him. But I'm glad you brought up. You maybe give him a three-year deal, but maybe that three years is kind of a dummy year. Or it's based off of incentives, too. Maybe you two years, but you can earn X amount of dollars if you're active on Sundays or you hit you know, 500 receiving yards, 50-plus catches, something like that. Get creative if you need to as far as dollars and cents are concerned. Yeah, and the thing is his, his targets will go down with hop, and then you hope they can get more out of Rondell Moore. Um, but clearly he'll be your go-to guy when it comes to the, the, the pass-catching tight end. So the numbers will go down, but it's more about efficiency, red zone, third down. And we go back to that first Rams game, our second one on Monday night, where Kyler had him. He he obviously locked on him, and that ball got picked off. So it's he won't maybe have the volume of targets, but it's when he catches these passes on third down, red zone, possibly touchdowns. And you said it. He wants to be here. There is a lot of interest in him staying put. I think in just three months' time, he's learned to love it. He's got great friends on this roster, and then the chemistry – on the field, off the field with Kyler Murray. It was Ertz who said after the Monday night game on Tuesday when he met the media that he thought he and Kyler were only scratching the surface as far as that quarterback tight end relationship. So you take that next step, and that might be – I don't think that would be an answer for me as far as a number two wide receiver, even though Ertz does play a lot of quote-unquote wide receiver. But if you have D-Hop on one side – Someone else on the right side, whether that's a free agent addition or someone in the draft that is capable week one of being in this offense. And then Zach Ertz, what do you do? You're moving him around, you're motioning him, and you're lining him up in the slot, maybe initially handing the dirt, and then all of a sudden he splits wide. And then you figure out Rondell Moore and whomever else you might have. But I do like the fact that Ertz, and then you bring up Max Williams, because I think, I don't know if they're tied at the hip, but if you can find. Max Williams and Zach Ertz. I don't know if there's another combination out there like that where you have the pass-catching tight end with the blocking tight end. But Max Williams, I mean, he was having the best season of his career before getting hurt in week five. You don't go and get Zach Ertz if Max Williams is healthy. But can you have them both on the roster as a way for those two to coexist within this Kingsbury system? Yeah, and don't forget uh, when it comes to Ertz, also, obviously his wife has ties here, the former Cardinals cheerleader. And, you know, I made this uh, this point a few times on a couple guys like uh, J.J. Watt kind of hitting that reset button on his career. I do think, you know, um, when you wake up and it's sunny and you practice on grass, I think those are important for guys that obviously who played in Philadelphia. Um, uh, 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 as for A.J. Green, I, I thought he was hitting the reset button, but you know, I don't think he was able to, you know, flourish whether it was miscommunication for all the entire season so yeah I and you know when guys say they want to be here I mean they're not I mean at the, at the end of the day his agent's going to make yeah obviously you have to negotiate the contract but if you're sitting across the table and say you you get it done I want to be in Arizona it changes where his agent's trying to listen this guy's made good money in his career at this point it's about um trust and he likes the quarterback and you know, the fact that, you know, he doesn't have to move around again, you know, and when you get older and you, you kind of get, you know, not complacent, but I think that the, the fact that he likes Arizona and he likes the team, uh, that goes a long way when a guy's committed to playing football. 56 catches tied the franchise record for receptions by a tight end, and Ertz did that in 11 games. He can, he, I can't remember the, the last great tight end they had or a good tight end. Well, Ertz became the first Cardinals tight end since Freddie Jones in 2003 to have 500 or more receiving yards. So it's not a position that this franchise uses a lot. Yes, but when you have a weapon like that, and and listen, it can work with him and Max Williams. That's the plan. They want to bring Max back. You know, the rehab's going fine. Look at him. He, He loves being here. So... Um, and I don't know what kind of market's out there for Max Williams coming off an injury. They know they have intel. I'm sure he's working out where they obviously can keep an eye on him, even though he's going to be a free agent. But I was told that that's what they want to do. And then look at the draft. It's deep, 15 to 20 tight ends. Um, could it be the first or second round when you're picking 23rd? You probably got to go for a corner or maybe a wide receiver. I'm getting ahead of myself. But the, the, they feel like 
two veterans and then develop a young guy. And, and the thing is that it's all about matchups, and that's where Ertz can get a safety or a linebacker on him. And Max Williams, a guy that Kyler trusts throwing down the seam. So that that's the plan. Now we'll see what transpires. Would love to see Zach Ertz and Max Williams back on this roster and, you know, got a soft spot in my heart for Max Williams because he does all the dirty work, wants no credit whatsoever, will not speak about his play at all. He always diverts attention to the entire tight end room. And I do think having him back to kind of be that bulldozer, if you will, because when you have that sixth offensive lineman slash tight end, someone that is going to block for you, then all of a sudden this is when that team was rolling, those first five games and even a little bit after that, being able to run the ball effectively out of 11 personnel, 12 personnel perhaps, and maybe we see that more next season, especially if both Ertz and Williams are on this team. Yeah, because that that means you, you, you're bringing some more athleticism and then bringing an extra lineman. I mean, they, they've run 12 personnel. Sometimes it's more for protecting the edges, maybe obviously short yardage situation. But, yeah, I'd be intrigued with that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a scenario where Ertz is going to be your, your, your more pass-catching tight end, and then Max can do both, and then hopefully they can develop a young tight end for the future. Because if you watch the games over the weekend, tight ends are truly involved <laughs> in a lot of – I mean, this Knox guy had four touchdowns. For the for the Bills, I mean, it's it's it, he's like, he's not a household name, but the fact is that I think uh, it's all about matchups, running backs and tight ends on linebackers and safeties. All right, before we discuss Colt McCoy because he's both in our top four, the one name that you had that I didn't. Now I would like him to return. I just don't know costs, and that would be Christian Kirk. Make the case for Christian Kirk to be among the priority free agents on offense? Well, is he a number two receiver? Is he number three receiver? He's finally stayed healthy. He was playing his natural position. Obviously, when Hop was out there, he, he was getting separation. Um, another guy that wants to be here. But, you know, it's the first time he's been a free agent. And, you know, I just want, no wonder what other teams now. Is, is he looking at – I was hearing like 10 to $12 million. I don't. I don't – know if the Cardinals can do that um, I'm not saying they can't um, I don't know because all of a sudden you know Isabella's been here long enough he really hasn't done anything um, I don't I wouldn't bring back AJ Green that's just me I, I could be wrong all of a sudden who's your receivers I mean and with this offense is predicated on you know guys that have experience in this offense so I mean there's always a price tag and but I think he's earned the right to go out and find what he's worth. And and you mentioned earlier, yes, the Cardinals could sign some of these guys. But at this point, if you're Christian Kirk, James Conner, Chase Edmonds, they're going to test the water. Colt McCoy is a guy that is not looking to leave. He wants to be he wants to be compensated, but he's I don't think he's all of a sudden going to pack up and move so those other guys they they've earned connor's been a free agent before but when it comes to kirk and edmonds you got to find out what you're worth and that's what they did with patrick peterson last year and you know we'll get into this wednesday about chandler jones but yeah i just yes i think if they went to colt mccoy it's not a priority it's you make sure he's under contract when off season starts he's not if he wants to be here then you don't have to really worry about it you just you give him a number and say we'll sign it i mean that's why i feel about it the Christian Kirk topic as far as see what you're worth versus, okay, I really want to be here. I remember DJ Humphreys, and he's entering, getting closer and closer to free agency, and all of a sudden the news breaks, hey, we've re-signed DJ Humphreys, I believe it was in the month of February, and it's like, well, free agency is just literally right around the corner. You're a month away. But Hump wanted to be here. But that was his second contract. True. He had made his money. He had established roots. And Christian Kirk, first time hitting the market. And, okay, I know what I'm worth here in Arizona, but what other teams believe that they can get out of me and what I might be able to make? Now, the interesting point, you bring up wide receivers. DeAndre Hopkins is back. You're looking for a number two, an outside wide receiver. Christian Kirk this year, almost 1,000 receiving yards in the slot. That's where he's most productive. Can he play outside? He can. We've seen it here. I don't know if that's the answer 
D-Hop, Kirk, Rondell Moore in the slot next season with Zach Ertz and Max Williams. I mean, it's possible, but we know Christian Kirk has been better, at least he was this season, as an inside receiver. But even when we go back to when Josh Rosen was here, I mean, Kirk, can he can spread the field. That, a couple games ago, that catch, he Kyler threw that tight uh, and triple coverage. Yeah, I think because of A.J. Green moved him inside, but that was his natural position. So I, I think he can play. You know, he's kind of like a Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods, where you just move him around. I think because of Green strictly plays on the right side, he was had to play in the inside. But yeah, I got no problem with sliding him outside. I mean, he, he can catch the deep ball. I don't know. If he's if he's so effective to work coming back for the ball because he he runs good routes, it's just you know. But I I do think he can play inside and outside. There's no doubt. Now again, close to a thousand yards should have had a thousand if he didn't have a few drops. But um, that's his natural position. So that Kingsbury and and, and the coaches would know a lot more about that. But I if you're you're asking me, could he play on the outside? Yeah, and if you're gonna pay him for a number two receiver or two and a half. Yes, you put them on the outside. And even if you are playing inside, that doesn't mean you can't go deep. You keep, Even though you're lined up inside, we've seen it several times, all it takes is a quick move inside and then you break right and all of a sudden you take it down the sidelines and, and you're ready for a deep shot. Well, I, I guess the, the question becomes, and Antoine Wesley really, to me, is going to be a replacement for A.J. Green. So maybe because he's a big, tall receiver, he's got to get stronger. He told he's going to work on his route running. Their trust is there between the head coach and the quarterback. Um, he's not making a lot. He owned his rights for the next three or four years. I'm not saying he, he could be number three or four, but if you want to go four wide or three wide, you have two big outside receivers, and then you keep Christian Kirk inside with Rondell Moore if he chooses to sign here. It could be a lot of moving parts. I mean, you know D-Hop's on the left side, or you know maybe they move him around, but as far as that number two guy, who is it? Is it no one specific and just like a rotation of Kirk, Wesley, Ertz? I, I, I mean, I have no well, idea. Well, I mean, it, 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 okay, that's a good question. I I would say Hopkins, Ertz, pass catcher, but I'm cheating here. Why? I would think Kirk, Christian Kirk would be number two and a half with Rondell Moore, and then Wesley would be four or five. Wesley, I don't know if he'd play 65 snaps a game, but again, that size really opens things up. And when you have Hop on the other side, that's when you can get Rondell Moore to where they want to use him. Connolly, uh, Dabbles, uh, Debo Samuel. Samuel. Or even a you know a Tyreek Hill. That was the whole idea. You know, I want to see him get more down the field throws. But we know when he puts his uh, when he catches that screen pass and he puts that foot in the ground, it's hard to cover him. So I like that they have a luxury. I know that they've been loaded with slot receivers, but Andy Isabella to me should be on the outside. Just run, just run as fast as you can. <laughs> Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, Colt McCoy. I don't think there's a – and I say priority because he needs to be on this team. Now, when does that happen? Is it tomorrow, next week, next month, April? But Colt McCoy, 2-1 and one as a starter, and that's what you're looking for in a backup. Someone in a pinch, whether it's mid-game or for a couple of games, can come in and keep this team afloat. And that's exactly what he did midseason starting those three games. Completed better than 75% of his passes, 684 yards, three touchdowns, one interception in those three starts. He won two games without DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler Murray won one game without DeAndre Hopkins. And both of those were road games, yes. division games. Um, you know, Colt McCoy's been around this long enough. Yeah, he's got good tape out there, but I don't think he's searching to be a starting quarterback again it's no it's, i don't it's, it's he, listen he accepted his role he's been perfect for for kyler you know i it sounds like they're watching film but i think kyler's got to grow up here um he's got to eat what happened he's got to that should be motivation you know moving in but colt mccoy's a great sounding board and he's really helped him in, in the film room and just recognizing stuff he still needs to learn how to read defenses that's that's something in his fourth year that's going to be you know, I wouldn't say ride or die, but it, he's going to have to show improvement there. But I think Colt McCoy not looking over his shoulder, just a great sponge. And, you know, when he comes to the sidelines, you know, one of the first guys he starts talking to is Colt McCoy, even though he does have a good relationship with Cam Turner. 
a veteran in that quarterback room, someone, and this is big, Kyler Murray respects. And that means a whole heck of a lot because I don't know how many voices Kyler Murray, in all honesty, listens to. I mean, there's the head coach, there's Cam Turner, there's Colt McCoy. And as far as being willing to accept constructive criticism and what needs to be done better, work on this, this didn't quite work, what do you like, and then you formulate a game plan. So I hope Colt McCoy is on this roster next season. And if you need him, as he joked about when he had to play, he can still play. Now, not a long period of time, two or three games at most. And to your point, winning on the road at San Francisco, at Seattle, those are two huge wins middle of the season. Yeah, and when you start talking about, you know, they finished four and two in the division, I mean, he had a pile, he's handing a pile on both of those, and they were road games. And look what San Francisco is now. That's true, yes. Division games are huge in the NFC West in particular. Now, the other free agents on offense, we've kind of touched on A.J. Green a little bit. I think for what they paid him and his production, he was everything he asked for, but there needed to be a next step, especially when D-Hop was no longer there. You got two more tight ends, Darrell Daniels and Demetrius Harris, who are unrestricted free agents, and then Max Garcia on the offensive line. Maybe you bring... Daniels, Harris, Garcia back as backups. But to me, none of those, and I'm counting A.J. Green, are guys that priority need to have on this roster to contribute. Roles, backups, in a pinch, different story. But I think with Connor Ertz, Max Williams, Colt McCoy, and I'll throw in Christian Kirk, those are the names that this team needs to focus focus on on offense. Yeah, Daniels, a blocking tight end. If you bring uh, Max Williams back, you know, uh, obviously, you know, they'll go to camp with six. Uh, Max Garcia, to me, is a backup. Um, I can appreciate him being thrown in the fire when Rodney Hudson went down and Sean Harlow. Um, you know, yeah, it's never good when you're going to your second and third, but I'll give him credit because that's not his natural position. I think he bailed his team out a few times, but I just didn't like the way – um, not only him, but the, the offensive line performed in the last month of the season. The offensive line took a step back, and it, it was the majority of the games. Now we'll give him credit for the Dallas game. We thought that would be, you know, a, a, a jumping board to the Seahawks game. But Garcia's Garcia's a good backup, but I don't think he's a starter, and he got pushed around a lot. Um, and, and you know, they got to develop Justin Murray and Josh Jones and possibly Harlow. They could draft a guy. I think Max was was good in a pinch, but like Colt McCoy, you just don't want him starting like ten games for you. And in fairness to him, he you know he earned the he earned the right in training camp. It would have been interesting if they would have been able to convince Brian Winters to stay here because I think we would have saw Brian Winters, who had a lot of experience. He started in the league and he actually played with Kelvin Beecham. Unfortunately, he decided to leave the team. Max Garcia, fifteen games, eleven starts. Remember, he was. The backup center. He was getting reps at the center position and only pressed into guard duty because of injuries and circumstances like Brian Winters. So you need guys like that. And yeah. and if he does come back, that's fine. But I don't think it's going to cost you a lot. It's not going to be a lot of years. Might even be one year. But this offensive line, which we can discuss a lot this offseason, needs to improve, especially inside, on either side of Rodney Hudson as far as finding that road grader, if you will, at left or right guard. Yeah, and we'll see what happens with Justin Pugh. I mean, uh, you know, it. Uh, um, I think when he's healthy, he's been good. Um, but, you know, you know, again, he, he's another guy that, you know, he took a pay cut to stay here. So, I mean, uh, they have great chemistry. They they all love Kugler. But at the end of the day, it's it's more about production and getting the best guys there. And I think they got to get better in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Let's close up this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 talking about what we kind of opened with, and that is the divisional round of the postseason. Perhaps the greatest weekend of football in the National Football League within the divisional round. Three walk-offs by field goals, all by the road team. All four games decided on the final play, and for the first time since 2010, both number one seeds lost, although what is sticking in everyone's minds is the most recent game, and that would be your 
Buffalo Bills losing to the Kansas City Chiefs in overtime, 42-36. to MJ, 25 points, three lead changes over the final two minutes of regulation. It was great action, great theater, and it's a shame that someone had to lose that contest. And the Chiefs now have gone, what, four straight AFC championship games? I got to think, you know, in the future, I know Joe Burrow's obviously got a lot of upside. They have a more talented team. But to me, this is going to be like Brady and Manning when it comes to Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I've heard that. And then Justin Hubert's going to be in the background saying, hey, don't forget about me either. But I like that comparison. Yeah, I mean – the fact that these guys have gone toe to toe in the last couple, and they they play in the regular season. I mean, it, I didn't I didn't want the game to end, and it's just so many things that happen. You know, thirteen seconds. It's like how do, how do, what kind of defense? What are you guys doing? Like just and give him a homes, man. I mean, just watching him play and watching Josh Allen play, and and, and even Matthew Stafford and Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, Joe Burrow. It's just. Man, I just love the way they can command the game, and whether they're running or you know uh, throwing off their back foot, it's just it's fascinating. And Josh Allen, man, the, 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 how far he's come! I think he was completing like fifty-two point eight percent of his passes his first year, and now he's like, and he's perfect for Buffalo. I mean, you know, going to Wyoming and. You know, he loves the weather. He, he's he, They love, uh, you know, the blue-collar town, and I like the fact that he's there and he signed a long-term deal because um, they have they have their franchise quarterback. I don't think anybody's disputing that. Mahomes, three touchdown passes. Allen, four touchdown passes. All to Gabriel Davis, who twice caught go-ahead scores in the <laughs> final two minutes, including one on fourth and 13, but not enough. And the Chiefs now will host the Cincinnati Bengals, who upset the Titans 19-16. to How do you sack a quarterback nine times and still lose the ballgame? Joe Burrow sacked nine times, yet it was a – Evan McPherson, rookie Evan McPherson, kicking a 52-yard field goal as time expired, and the road team, the Bengals, upset the Titans. Well, that's because Ryan Tannehill threw the ball uh, <laughs> three three times uh, for interceptions, and, and and he started the game with an interception, and then he had two more in the second half, and you know obviously bringing Derrick Henry back, and you know Julio was on the field, AJ um, Brown, um, but the turnover they get magnified. And, you know, um, give Burrow credit because I thought, you know what, they they had a home game. They took care of business against the Raiders. Um, give the Raiders credit for getting in. Um, but I thought this would be a matchup. And, uh, you know, Mike Brabel said after the game, as long as I'm the head coach here, I'm not blaming one player. I think we all know that. Uh, and Tannehill's been great for them. Yes. He, he, it's just I, people, when you hear the game word game manager, they think, oh, he can't win the game. No, just don't lose the game for me. And, unfortunately, he turned the ball over three times. So, Chiefs and Bengals in the AFC Championship game and the NFC Championship game, Rams and 49ers. Rams upset the Buccaneers 30-27. to 49ers eliminated the Packers 13-10 to 10 for the 49ers. <laughs> 13 points, all thanks to special teams. Two field goals, a blocked punt return for a touchdown, also blocked a field goal attempt. Special teams for the San Francisco 49ers won that game on the road amidst little snow flurries for Robbie Gould, who is now 20 of 20 in the postseason. Yeah, you know, last year, Rick Gosselin, he's a Hall of Fame writer. He used to work for the Dallas Morning News. I mean, he's one of the – one of the. Uh, I, mean, he, I mean, he's got you know him and Bill Belichick. They, they have a lot of conversations in the offseason. Well, every year he does his yearly rankings. And last year the Cardinals were 10th. This year they kind of went down 20th, 23rd. But he had the Packers as a ranked 32nd uh, worst special teams. And the fact that one of the field goals only had 10 guys on the field. The game-winning field goal. Yeah, exactly. Screenshot on social media that was passing around 10 Packer players on the field. I mean, maybe it gets overlooked when you got Aaron Rodgers and you're scoring all these points. But we talk about it all the time. Uh, First of all, there's three uh, facets to any team. Offense, defense, and special teams. You don't talk about special teams, something happened. And I've maintained since I've been watching the playoffs, if you get a special teams touchdown, it just magnifies it. Um, You get a pick six, it magnifies it. Because normally you're going to get your 10 or 11 possessions. But if you can tilt field position, um, 
and and just give the Niners they 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 actually did enough to you know they ran the ball 29 times for 106 yards. The Packers 20 carries for 64 yards. Really, AJ, um, Aaron Jones and uh, Dylan really didn't get get off. And so, and Rodgers throwing in the double coverage. It's just it was a bad look for Aaron Rodgers walking off that field. 0-4 in the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers is against the 49ers. Now the question is what happens with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? Questions about Tom Brady. Does he finish out his contracts with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or does he call it a career? Yeah, I guess Arians is going to give him as much time as he needs. Uh, there was some speculation over the weekend that he was uncommitted. Um, even Tom Brady looked rattled, rattled a little bit yesterday. Now, give him credit for that comeback in the fourth quarter, but he, he – Nobody likes to get hit, um, but he was rattled a little bit. And, and we talk about Kyler Murray, and I'm not comparing, but it's just it happens to the best of the best. Like they, I mean, he's so he, when he when he's rolling, he's under he's you know he's his body language is is good, but when things aren't going well, man, and he was he was I I I'm like this guy's really getting rattled, and you know we don't see that. I know there's times when he, he gets upset, but. When he when he was t- in that first half, I'm like, he doesn't look comfortable right here. But again, leave it to Brady. They didn't come back and win, but that was a nice comeback. Close. Down 27-3 to yeah. in the second half. Nearly rallied that team. Well, did. Tied it up. And then Matthew Stafford got the Rams in field goal range. And all of a sudden, the Rams are moving on. And the value of a pass rush. I think we all learned that this weekend. And that's a good tease moving forward as we discuss some of the key free agents for the Cardinals on defense when we continue here later this week. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.